Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara Kearney and I am your host. Welcome back to Book of Leaves. This is a podcast where I interview people in Ireland or who have a connection to Ireland. And the whole idea is we learn about the eco-friendly things that they do, why they do it. And listeners and myself can take a leaf from their book to add to our own way of living, which is where the name comes from. And in this episode, we are going to be talking to Kat, who runs Forest Bathing Wicklow. I actually met Kat on, in January the last year because it's 2023 now that's weird um so we i met cat on a climate love ireland forest bathing walk hike in glendalough mountains no it's not a hike because we talk about the difference between hike and forest bathing it was a lovely forest bathing walk and journey and yeah met cat there and met loads of other people who obviously care about the environment and stuff like that so if you want to get moving a little bit more spend more time in nature or you want to meet more like-minded people definitely check out climate love ireland for any upcoming events that they might be hosting sure i interviewed lara not so long ago on the podcast Lara McCann and also obviously follow Kat's business Forest Bathing Wicklow on Instagram and check out her website because she has listed some upcoming events that she's hosting as well so definitely if you haven't heard of Forest Bathing um, all will be revealed and if you've done Forest Bathing before there's still I like I done it a couple of times and I still found out loads of little lovely nuggets in here from Kat so I hope you guys enjoy it is a new year so one thing that we can all probably try to I'm not one for new year's resolutions I do like to kind of take the effort to try think of something that I can maybe make a bit more of an effort on and I definitely need to spend more time in nature as much as I harp on about how much it's needed and I love nature I don't spend near as much time as I need to outdoors so yeah that's something that I definitely want to do and Kat breaks it down into why it's beneficial and how we can start that so yeah I do have to say one thing just about the sound here this is actually recorded in person it's my first in-person interview in so long and I was using a new studio and unfortunately Unfortunately, there is like this static in the microphone. So as we're speaking, you can kind of hear like a little bit of a crackle. It kind of sounds like you're listening to us on a vinyl record. So just imagine that. (laughs) But it gets a little bit better towards the end. I try to remove it to no avail. But anyway, we've come to the end of the season. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, you can continue to support this podcast by recommending it to friends, sharing episodes. They'll, They'll be left up forever. Um, so do share any episodes that you like let me know if you have any suggestions or requests for next season I'd love to hear them but anyway I will let you chat to or hear our chat with Kat now and I will catch you after for some goodbye for now but anyway for now here's Kat Welcome to Book of Leaves. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so lovely to have someone in person again. I know, yeah, it's been too long. <laughs> Absolutely. But for people who don't know you or the work you do or have never met you before, can you introduce yourself a little bit, please? So my name is Kat and I am a tour guide and a forest bathing guide. I'm originally from the Netherlands, as maybe you can hear from my accent. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Ireland in 2015 uh, just because I loved Ireland, I loved the nature here, uh, the culture, the people. And when I moved here, I just knew one thing for certain. And that was that I didn't want to work in an office anymore. 
back in the Netherlands, I lived in a city, worked in an office, and I was like, that's the one thing that I know I don't want to do anymore. I had no clue what I was going to do, <laughs> but I knew it was not in an office. Yeah. And uh, then I became a tour guide, but then obviously uh, COVID hit a couple of years ago and there were no tourists to guide around. I was kind of bound to my uh, two kilometers uh, oh during gosh, the, yeah. first, uh, the first lockdown. And I live in County Wicklow in a forest and I had no place to go but to the forest. And on the one hand, that was very lonely. On the other hand, it was very blissful and amazing to spend so much time in nature. And that's how I uh, got into forest bathing and eventually became a forest bathing guide. I love it. Now, we will get into what forest bathing is because I have met so many people in my life who, when I say it, they, what? <laughs> bathing? What? Like swimming you in the water? don't have no. to go into the water <laughs> if you don't want to. <laughs> I know. It's such a funny misconception. People just taking it so literally. Um, but wow, that's amazing to jump from. To I guess a lot of people probably do have that feeling of they work in an office and they're like, you know what? This is not, this is not for me. Taking a jump into tour guiding is lovely because that's something where you're you're, you know you're not going to be in the one place and you're talking to people and it's not necessarily because I do tour guiding as well but I've also worked in retail and hospitality and it's nice to kind of like entertain people or be giving people like a nice service because when you work in retail people can be just like real dismissive and stuff obviously yeah. sometimes so yeah tour guiding is a really lovely thing to do and it's so funny that Ireland had that calling for you living by a forest and then being from the Netherlands how does the landscape change between the two countries was it much of a difference it's a very big difference yeah, yeah like the Netherlands is completely flat so <laughs> that's one big difference like I live in the Wicklow Mountains now so yeah. that's that's a huge difference and of course there's there's loads of nature in the Netherlands as well but sometimes when you're like driving it's just like it seems like it's all like fields and it's like flat fields filled with filled with cows and stuff like that mm. And it's all just, it feels to me always very bare compared to Ireland. Like, for example, like in the Wicklow Mountains, you have those streams and rivers and the water is kind of brownish because of like the peat. That's something that you would not see in the Netherlands at all. Really? No, is that just because it's all flat and they don't really get streams? It's all flat, yeah. You don't really have streams. You have like like little ditches of water. And there's not really any peat ground uh, around. So it's all like sand and clay. So different things grow there. And it's just like... It's funny that you say that though. Because so many people on the podcast before, like, you know, how Ireland's nature is diminishing, which is very true. Obviously, we need like... We don't have as much forest as we could and we need to preserve our boglands, etc. But when you come from a place which has even less again and you come here and you're like wow and it's so green you know we have that yeah. um, and just the, how the landscape changes from east to west like I love getting the train across because of the difference I don't know if you've ever gone that train but oh so. yeah it's amazing yeah, yeah like literally you go from Dublin and you're like green grass and then you're in the west and it's like a completely different looking landscape it's really cool but you started forest bathing so can you tell people what that is if they've never heard of it before so forest bathing comes from uh, Japan and it's basically uh, bathing your senses in the atmosphere of the forest. So you notice when you're in the forest uh, what you can see, what you can hear, what you can smell, what you can taste and what you can touch. It's a mindfulness practice. So it's like connecting with nature through your senses. But it's also a lot about connecting with yourself or with each other when you're forest bathing in a group. And it's just it's a wonderful way to spend some time to become relaxed, uh, to quiet your mind 
It has loads of health benefits. It releases stress. It lowers your blood pressure. It boosts your immune system and makes you just very happy and relaxed. And it's also like a boost for creativity and energy. So afterwards you feel relaxed, but energized, which mm-hmm. is a wonderful combination. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a very nice thing to do. Yeah, it really is. And it might sound a bit like, gosh, bathing yourself in a sense. It's like you're you're literally, it's much easier than you think. Like you literally are just going in and you're just like looking at, what can you see? It's like opening your child wonder and kind of seeing the world around you like you're a kid and what can you play with and yeah. what interests you but like not having, you know, not listening to music or podcast. Not listening to podcast, guys. <laughs> you literally just sit there listening to like bird song or the sounds that you can hear because you don't necessarily need to be in a big forest to do it. Like I did it, I used to do this loads when I, because I work for a tour, tour guide company still that are based beside Stephen's Green. So in between in the tours I would go in I had my certain tree that I would sit against right beside the pond I started just like watching being mesmerised by this pigeon that was falling asleep and like its eyes was like closing like really slowly and then it would open really quickly literally like a cartoon character of when you see someone trying to fall asleep and I was just watching this pigeon for so long but then like noticing the smells and the other sounds around me but I actually noticed the difference and if you if you do that and anyway, regularly, I can only manage imagine the health benefits because, like you say, like it literally lowers stress levels and lowers blood pressure. And in Japan, they call it Shinrin Yoku. I think I read a really yeah. amazing book on it this year. That like doctors are prescribing forest bathing, and they have like some medical centers near forests where they kind of people come for like treatment and stuff like that. It's just wild what it can give. You know? Yeah, actually, you don't even have to go to a forest at all. Like, there's been a study in a hospital where they just put photographs of trees on the walls. They noticed the difference between the people who just looked at a brick wall and then the people who were looking at the photographs of the trees. And the people who looked at the trees recovered faster than the people who were in the bare walls. Wow. So that is ridiculous to Honestly. even think about. But when you really think about, like, how we used to live way back, we wouldn't be in concrete buildings. Mm-hmm. We would be in nature. So it, it kind of makes sense and we are part of nature as well and I think a lot of people forget that and then when I do my forest bathing walks a lot of people kind of re-realize that like oh yeah of course we are a part of nature and it's like bringing you back to basics or something yeah it's like, yeah, it's that's like it. there's yeah. nothing there's no it's just you're just being it's, it's very about being in the present moment yeah but then you actually like feel really lovely after because I like after say meditating if I'm meditating in my room I don't necessarily I can't like feel it not to say I still shouldn't do it and you know it is good for you and like it helps me sleep for sure but there's something like you said that calming energized you know time and I think we're so I'm so guilty nowadays of not letting myself be in silence and just like listening to like I just have to always be doing something and if I'm you know washing the dishes there has to be a podcast on and if I'm going for a walk I have to be listening to yeah, something like I'm, I'm the I'm, same yeah, yeah I know and then but if you actually make time you know alright I'm going into the forest for an hour or whatever it is and you know you can leave your phone in the car or take it with you but like turn on silent or whatever and just be with the sounds of nature that's where especially if you're creative you get more creative ideas they're they're allowed to come in as opposed to listening to an audiobook or yeah. a podcast and not letting your own brain wander and get bored I think 
you know that kind of thing as well but how so if people are interested in forest bathing like and you say it's kind of like bathing yourself yourself in this in your senses bathing your senses in the forest how does that work like do people need to be guided or can they just go themselves and how will people do it um, both you can do both I find it really hard to do it without a guide to be honest even yeah. though I am a guide <laughs> but it's just when I'm guiding obviously I'm very conscious of what I'm doing I'm always like assessing the area like where are we going uh, yeah. what invitations are we going to do so my mind is never switched off when I'm guiding but when I'm going by myself my mind wanders so oh after a while like oh I have to do this and I have to do that so but when there's a guide there who tells you now we're going to do this for 10 minutes then it's, it kind of feels like, I'm not sure if I'm just really obedient or something like that, but it's just like, okay, someone tells me to do this, so I get permission uh-huh. to do this. And when you're by yourself, or at least for me, it feels like, oh, do I really have the time to do this? And then when someone says, no, no, we're doing this, then it's like, oh, okay, I will do it. But that might just be my brain that's wired really weird. <laughs> no, I think the same, like, because when it comes to meditation, if I cannot do unguided meditations, I can do box breathing. But if you just go, okay, Cara, you've listened to the same medication 50 times and do it yourself. That's in 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm thinking about laundry and washing and that episode of Grey's Anatomy. I saw was really bad. Blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah. absolutely. But you can do it by yourself. And what I like to do is I don't really go forest bathing. But I like to sit in the forest for 20 minutes every day. And I just go outside with a cup of tea or with a cup of coffee and just sit Mm. in the forest and try to think of nothing that's really hard. But I just try to focus by, okay, what am I seeing? So then I'm going like, okay, I see the leaves and I see the the trees. And then there's little birds coming in and stuff like that. And then I'm like, okay, now I've looked around for a couple of minutes and I'm listening to what am I hearing around me and what types of birds and that actually helps to quiet down your mind but yeah that's that's a really easy way if you want to do it by yourself to just and it doesn't have to be a forest it can be like your garden or a park close to your home or and like it is I presume it's okay if you can if you hear like traffic in the distance or whatever like that's just kind of like part of what you're hearing but yeah. you can just try focus on like if you hear birds or if you hear I mean nature. it's nicer when there's no traffic of around course. yeah but in a lot of places there is traffic that's just part of the way that we're living and when I go forest bathing like in a forest where other people go some people are like oh but are you not annoyed by people walking by and talking and I'm like well people are a part of nature <laughs> people too people are animals yeah. yeah so basically that's just listening to nature sounds yeah. that humans make yeah that's a very good point actually yeah um, and you were mentioning as well that there can be other kind of rituals that are part of it as well I've never I've, I've done it myself a couple of times but I've never actually been and I was on I was your lovely guided walk as well and I did one with Climate Ambassador and we wrote poems as part of it um, but I know that there's some where you like drink tea as well what's like the impression I got is it comes from the forest that you're bathing in or is that uh, you can do that I, I never forage uh, during the walk but that's just because I want to know exactly what's in my tea so I do forage for the tea but I do it the day before right. just so I can wash it and stuff like that because like most forest dogs are walking all yeah. around it and you don't really want to pick anything off the floor and then uh, <laughs> put it in your tea without washing it uh, but what I I love making wild teas that's like one of my favorite things about the forest bathing and I always try to find something that is in season at the moment like in winter a scots pine needle tea is wonderful it's really really nice but you have to wait for like a big storm because the needles are growing quite high up so you cannot really reach them 
So then when there's been a storm, I go into the forest and then I gather my needles. Wow. And so you wash them and then to make tea, like you're just adding boiling water, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I just get the, the needles from the branches. I wash them, I put them in water and I let them sit for a couple of hours. That's so cool. And that is the idea of drinking tea as part of a forest bathing to like have your taste buds kind of involved. Yeah, yeah. So obviously one of your senses is your sense of taste. And I always ask people not to taste anything during the walk unless they are like very well experienced foragers and they know exactly what they're doing. Because a lot of the things in the forest are edible, but there's also a lot of poisonous plants. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to eat the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, the tea is there to taste nature. And um, some people really make like a big ceremony about it. Like in Japan, they have these these ancient tea ceremony um, rituals, yeah. which are amazing. Like I wouldn't know what to do, to be honest. So <laughs> I always keep it like very... Keep it Irish, simple. Very We're down to earth. We're just having yeah, a yeah. cup of tea and a biscuit <laughs> and... <laughs> Like you said, like writing poems in nature, I uh, sometimes do that as well. And you can incorporate almost anything as long as it's like nature based or connected to nature. And what I love to do is um, when I'm forest bathing with a group uh, that doesn't necessarily know each other, I always open up with like a circle of gratitude. And that's where people introduce themselves. So they say their first name and then something that they are grateful for in nature. And that is such a lovely way to connect a group. Because mm. like when when we are standing in a circle and I ask you, oh, Kara, what is that you do? And you tell me what you do for a living. I immediately have this kind of idea like, oh, so, an you, so you're an actor. Yeah. So then in my mind, even though I don't want to, I have certain things that I think, oh, so you're probably... I'm intention-seeking and or... Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, yeah. say, like, creative, <laughs> but... <laughs> because I know, I definitely... Because I've had people who are like, oh, make those presumptions. Or, you know, if I if I hear someone's a politician, I'm absolutely... Exactly. And like, then oh. even when you hear, like, which party they are from, you're like, oh, no, I don't like you because you're like that party and I don't agree yeah. with your, your ideas. Yeah. But then when you say, hi, my name's Kat, and I love how the light comes in to... trickles into the leaves... Or something like that. They have a wonderful mm. word uh, in Japan for that. It's like komorebi oh, yeah. or something yes, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you immediately have a connection. But when you say like, oh, hi, uh, my name is Joe and I'm an accountant. You're immediately like, hmm, he's probably very boring or stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all accountants, but it's a, it's a preconception that many of us have. Um, yeah, no, that's a really lovely way. I remember that. I remember you breaking the ice like that in... in the forest walk with Climate Love Ireland um, and it is just lovely it's lovely to have a little laugh and to, to think of things that other people like practising gratitude is really good for mental health in general yeah. so yeah that's a really lovely way of doing it and is there any certain amount of time I know you say that it might not necessarily be forest bathing that you're sitting in the in the forest for 20 minutes a day is there a time limit or is there an optimal time that people should spend forest bathing uh, so the minimum is uh, 20 minutes because you need a, a bit of time to quiet your mind and also like a lot of the health benefits come from breathing in the phytoncides which are like the essential oils that the trees kind of let out when they're breathing and Mm. then you breathe that in and it's very very good for your health so you need a bit of time it's like not when you go for five minutes you can do that obviously because five minutes is better than zero minutes but like 20 minutes is like the minimum amount i would say 
Also, when you're sitting in nature for 20 minutes, as soon as you enter nature, you disturb it, obviously. If you're sitting still for 20 minutes, nature will recover itself. So then all the birds that have scattered away when you enter the forest, they will come back in within those 20 minutes. Yeah. So that's why I always try to do at least 20 minutes because that's just then nature has recovered and you're really in nature how it should be. Yeah. Uh, forest walks, uh, forest bathing walks tend to uh, last for about two and a half hours. And studies have shown that that is like a really good amount of time Because when you go forest bathing for two and a half hours, the results like the uh, stress release and like the um, uh, boosted immune system that can last from seven days up to, I think, 28 days or something like that. Wow. So that's really good. If you just want to do it every once in a couple of weeks, then it's good to go for two and a half hours. If you say like, no, I just go for like a short daily practice or weekly practice, you can obviously make it as long or as short as you want to. That's And like, you know, I I think weekly... Is low, I'm not, everyone probably doesn't have two and a half hours in the day like weekly is probably a nice thing to or just start somewhere if even if it's every second week and then you know see how often you can get to it and obviously you know two and a half hours there's loads of time to do that in like the likes of Wicklow or in Phoenix Park or something but if, if your local park is smaller like I'm sure it's no harm if you're in a smaller place for a longer period of time yeah like I'm just thinking of people who don't necessarily have access to nature because that's something that is unfortunately the case in like the cities especially having to like bus in to Phoenix Park because there's no like green spaces in your area do you do you would you like or have you ever been to Japan or, and would you ever like to go over there to kind of I've see where I've never been from? but I would love to go yeah. yeah apparently they have amazing forests and like really big ones and yeah. yeah a big part of Japan is covered in forests and they're all really beautiful I think like compared to like our quilture forests here uh, which I never forest bathe in, by the way. Uh, oh, really? Is it because it's a monoculture? Yeah, yeah. I like to have like a, a diverse forest, so broad leaves, uh, trees, and a good bit of undergrowth with holly and stuff like that. But we have we have loads of, of those as well. You just need to you see look look for them. <laughs> look you need for to, them. Need yeah, to find absolutely. them. Yeah, well, especially in Wicklow, we have loads of, of uh, amazing forest. Yeah. The Garden of Ireland, as it's nicknamed for people abroad. Like, I actually had no interest in going to Japan. I just, I when I thought of Japan, I thought of, like, high tech and I thought of Tokyo. But then I read this book about forest bathing and about how they bring nature into their houses and everything. So even from the, the very famous kind of architecture they have of, like, um, really thin kind of sliding doors and the houses being wooden and there being like orchids and plants inside it's because they have a really strong relationship with nature and not being separate to it and not living in a concrete house but like bringing it inside and you can open your sliding doors and you're just there you're just yeah. like you're, you're facing onto trees or whatever so it's this kind of same attitude that Shinrin Yoku came out of and then they were talking about like the there was loads of pictures in this book and I was like oh, that's it I have to go to Japan I'll <laughs> yeah, they're, they're way more connected to nature than we are like the is it like the UN who has said like oh we're we decided that we're going to protect 30% of nature I was like what 30% Thirty yeah. percent—that is way too little. Yeah, it was just that this is that COP fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, thirty percent. Like we are a part of nature. We should live with nature like our equal. Yeah, it should at least be like fifty percent. Yeah, at least. At least. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and everyone was just like patting themselves on the back, like, oh, oh yeah, sake. we're so good. Yeah. We're protecting thirty percent of nature. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's bonkers because we, we rely on like a stable, like there's no, if there's no, you know, stable ecosystems, 
everything rely on like our food and the soil like it's all interlinked but then you've seen like I guess when it comes to activism a lot of the time you know it's always framed as what we have to lose and what we have to you know it means oh losing all our you know office spaces and losing all these but like the gains of spending more time in nature like you mentioned like lowering rates of sickness and and um, stress is such a huge problem today and like those are such lovely benefits and you have like it's not like real boring oh you've you've no phone for like an hour and you're you're stuck and it's just you and this random robin like that's actually really fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) like it's quite lovely and you can kind of you can interact with you know if there are streams and that like you can you can play with like all the different kind of textures and stuff as well can't you like you don't have to but you know in that your humans sit away from everything everything like as you said after 20 minutes everything kind of restores and we'll be playing around it again would you recommend sitting still because like obviously hiking is quite a popular thing but hiking through a forest and forest bathing is probably different is that because like you need to kind of slow down a little bit and like take in everything yeah so slowing down is a big part of it one of the first invitations i always do during uh, a forest bathing walk is a very very slow walk and there's always a couple of people in the group who are like I really didn't like it because we're so used to going like from place to place and we need to be there as fast as we can because we only have so many hours in the day to be productive and then when you actually invite people to really walk really slow and I always go in front so I really go slow and then people have to follow me a lot of people are like oh I really didn't like that because we're so used to going faster and faster and then at the end when we walk back to the cars then people say, oh, can we walk in like a normal pace again? And I'm like, yeah, sure, you can walk as fast oh, as you want. Yeah. But then people actually walk slower oh. because they just, they, they kind They've of... They've been slowed in. down a little yeah. bit, like, yeah, their natural rhythm. And it's like, I, uh, my walks are like two and a half hours, but we walk, I don't th- even think we walk one kilometer. Wow. It's just, it's a lot of sitting still or just roaming around looking for for beautiful stuff connecting with nature like feeling the structures of like ferns and stuff like that Mm. but then at the end they're like yeah no I really loved it and I always ask like what is your favorite invitation and for a lot of people it's like lying on your back and staring up at the tops of the trees yeah that's pretty cool because you just we don't have that perspective like we don't give ourselves you might like look up but you won't actually lie there for people probably more likely to look at the stars like that than to look at the tops of trees yeah but that's a really lovely thing to do and if people want to get into it I know obviously if they're in Wicklow um, what's your you have like a official Instagram and you have a website what are the name of those people uh, so it's Forest Baiting Wicklow so the website's forestbaitingwicklow.com and my Instagram handle is at forestbaitingwicklow lovely you're lovely <laughs> straightforward you won't forget that guys I'll link them in the show notes as well but if people like are there are there guides um, all over Ireland right now and where would you recommend if people or are, can you also get them say on YouTube like guided ones that you can perhaps listen to while walking around a forest or anything um, yeah uh, so there's there's actually quite a few guides in Ireland they're becoming more normal that's a horrible mm. word to say no but as in as in it's not like because when, my, when I said that even to my friends who know that of the, the work that I, they, they do call me a hippie and like I'm a you know the climate activist and anytime they use plastic they're like oh my god Cara it's just this one time I'm like it's okay you know they're <laughs> I kind of trigger them but even when I was like forest bathing they were like what? Yeah no so it, it's quite new yeah. in Ireland um, it's not really very new because there's been forest baiting guides the one that I trained with they've been around for like 20 years or something Mm. like that 
But um, I think up until a couple of years ago, it was only like that we had a few forest bathing guides in Ireland that were active. And at the moment, I feel like they're sprouting all around me. (laughs) There are so many people training to become forest bathing guides. And it's almost a bit like how yoga was like a few decades ago, like only a couple of people were doing it. And now everyone is doing yoga. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the same with forest bathing. Like it's really growing. Yeah. And um, lovely pun there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Um, Yeah, but it's like amazing when I because I love to uh, travel around Ireland and uh, camp around Ireland. And then when I'm in these places, I always see like, oh, is there a forest bathing guide nearby? And a lot of the times there is. Yeah, and like, how do you find that? Or do you just search the web? Yeah, yeah. I just Google for it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, and if people themselves, because I, I, after reading this book on forest bathing, I was like, that's it, I'm becoming a guide. And I was looking up, like, how does the accreditation work kind of for it? Like, Because obviously it originated in Japan, but now there's other kind of like bodies that just like train people. So I know the group, is it called Nador? Yeah, they do it in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. I think anyone kind of, can do it but it probably yeah. is nice to go through the proper kind of like process and and learn all the different avenues and stuff it's like um a lot of the the forest bathing or guiding as a forest bathing guide you learn while doing it like there's yeah. so much more that i've learned since i uh, got my certificate than before that but it's just the training that you get it focuses uh, for a big part on like the wording that you use Okay. And to me, that was really interesting. It was like, for example, the word think you don't really use while you go forest bathing because then you actually invite people to go into their heads and you don't want that. But that is something that you need to be really conscious of. And I never really realized. Yeah. I never really thought about how I phrased my sentences. So that was like a big part that for me was an eye opener. Like, oh, yeah, of course. And like focus on it's like, no, 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 you don't want people to focus. You want people to not focus. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. So stuff like that. And of course, you, you learn about forest bathing and you, you learn about certain invitations. But then when you go out in the world doing it, that is when you kind of develop your own style and you think of your own invitations yeah, but like the the wording was something that for me was something that I really learned a lot from. Like, oh yeah, how do I phrase it without having people getting back into their heads and thinking about yeah everything that's going on, and also like health and safety wise, um, yeah. which is a big part of it. You're in nature, and even though you walk very slow and it's very short walks, it's still nature. And when there's been like a lot of rain, it's very slippery and stuff like that. So you need to be very aware of that Mm. so that's something that you learn uh, during your training yeah it's worth it is worth like doing it I guess with people who've been who've been you know have 20 years experience because you'll you will learn and think of those things that yeah I never would have thought of either that's really interesting and have you what are some of your favorite moments that have happened to you while forest bathing or like happened around you or is there anything that like stood out for you since either during your training or since you got your certificate? Uh, um, so during one of my forest bathing walks, I think it was one of the first that I did after I trained and it was right after COVID. People were so happy to be in a group outside in a safe environment. Mm. And I remember saying like, okay, we're, we're doing this invitation and we were walking and we were looking for signs of beauty or things that we thought were beautiful in nature. And then we gathered in a in a circle and I said, okay, just share one thing that you saw during your walk that really stood out to you. And then people just started chatting. 
even though I said let's just mention one thing, it just a whole conversation exploded. Yeah. And we had learned during our training, like if that happens, then you have to kind of cut that short because you're on a on a time schedule. Sure. But I was like, those people are so happy to be sharing stuff with each other again mm-hmm. after we couldn't do that for so long. Yeah. That I just kind of let it happen and. It felt like we became like this group of friends, even though no one knew each other. And I really loved that. And I had a walk a couple of months ago with a mother and a daughter. Mm -hmm. And they booked a private forest bathing walk and they were from the States. And so I don't ever know anything about people who come on my walks. I never ask them, what do you do for a living? How old are you? Are you married? Do you have kids? Because I want to have that connection over nature. And so I don't know the backstory of uh, this family, but I was reading a poem and the mother started crying. And she's like, oh, my God, this really hit a nerve. And it's so beautiful. Thank you so much. And she took a photo of the uh, poem to take home with her. So I have no clue what happened because I was like, I can ask. But that kind of defeats the whole Mm. purpose of how I set up my walk. So I didn't ask her what it was about. It was if she wants to share, she will share. And Mm. she didn't. But it was just like such a simple practice of forest bathing and then reading a poem that really got like all her emotions coming to the surface. That was really, really beautiful. It was like, oh, my God, it's so powerful to to go forest bathing and to let loose of all your normal, well-behaved I have to keep a straight face because that's what society expects me to do. It was so lovely to see like in two hours, she really felt safe enough and relaxed enough to let go of a lot of things. So that oh, was really cool. Wow. And so just to have that connection, you know, and not necessarily because we, we have like a lot of, you know, you, you connect with people who are like you or have experienced similar things to you. But you like when you don't actually know and people are just being like raw or being themselves you know and to have that connection there and that's the power, the power of like art and creativity again do, do you have like a favourite poet or anything for doing these kind of things yeah I um, love to read poems by Becky Hemsley oh, I think she's from the UK okay and she has this poem Breathe and it ends with she sat there for hours not wanting to leave for the forest said nothing it just let her breathe oh wow and that is like I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And the whole poem is like people judging her. And then she goes to the forest and she can be herself. That's so, it's it's very um, comforting. And not to mention, as you said, like the chemicals from the trees and everything. And that that's something I think the power that trees have. I read uh, The Hidden Life of Trees. And I know oh, I have to read. an amazing it's book. such an amazing yeah. book. <laughs> and I had, um, I've got, there's a new book by Owen Dalton, who was on the last episode, um, Irish Rain, um, Irish Atlantic Rainforest. So I have, that's next on my list. But The Hidden Life of Trees just blew my mind. Like when you're around forests, like the from the mycelium network, where like mushrooms grow out of, that they're like sending messages across to each other to the fact that apparently humans settled in forests that were quite healthy because the trees would give off those what are they phyto phytoncides yeah they would give those off which were like calming if there is a healthy forest they give those off and then people ended up settling in these kind of same areas as well and in unhealthy forests where there's like either it be a pest or something they'd be sending out stress signals and people wouldn't have really like settled down there that much like there's just all these amazing things about trees that we don't know and we don't you know 
I yeah. love in that book how he describes like when a tree falls down, the tree stump stays there and the other trees keep sending the trees yeah. like sugars and nutritions. And it's like, we don't know why they do that because the tree stumps don't have any purpose. And I was like, well, not everything should have a purpose. It probably has something to do with root systems or stuff like yeah. that. But it's just like, they're like, we don't know why they do it. And I was like, not everything has to have a yeah. reason. And we, and we don't have to know why yeah. necessarily all the time. Like it is, it is really fascinating. I think, you know, we call ourselves a very intelligent species, but there's a lot of things that we don't know and we're never going to oh, yeah. know. And then when you read that book, it becomes really clear yes. that nature is yeah. way more intelligent than yeah. we are. Yeah. Like, I wish I could speak to trees. Like, no, I'm not smart enough. Um, <laughs> but oh my God, I could keep talking to you for, for so long. Do you ever do sound bathing when you're in the forest or is that kind of like a separate kind of thing because I know you work with a sound bather as uh, well so yeah I started doing that this year so 2022 first I had a lovely spring solstice um, event with a friend of mine who is a yoga teacher and uh, that was really nice uh, to do like yoga and forest bathing in the forest and then uh, she knew a guy who did uh, sound bathing so I did an event with him in September. So we started out with some forest bathing. Then uh, he did his uh, sound bath. And then we did, again, an hour of forest bathing. And it's just so nice to kind of connect it with other practices. Mm. And I'm not a yoga teacher myself. And I'm not a, a sound practitioner. But it's just nice to connect with other people and to organize events together. So yeah, the, but while I tell stories, he's going to make all different sounds and stuff like that. And then... Uh, we have a little ceremony where he's going to make amazing sounds. So oh, yeah, beautiful. And the kind of stories do you tell? Do you tell like historical kind of tour guiding ones, or would you tell like imagination kind of fantasy ones? Or? So um, tonight, because the events in Glendalough, I will tell a lot of legends about mm. Saint Kevin, who uh, allegedly founded the monastic site in Glendalough. And there are so many uh, lovely stories about him. But he was like very connected with nature. He loved animals. And he, I think he was Ireland's first vegan because he lived only of berries and herbs. Wow. <laughs> Go Kevin. And um, I just love telling stories about them. There are so many and they are wild. Some of them are mm. like really far-fetched but I, I love that and just bring a little bit of humour into it as well and that's really cool well hopefully some people listening will take a leaf out of your book and try forest bathing if they haven't or try to do it more regularly or even 20 minutes a day like like you do sitting in the garden or near nature and as I said I'll link everything in the show notes as well so people can find you easily before we go on to some random questions kind of close us off have you got any other because I know obviously everyone I have on the podcast lives kind of like eco-consciously as best they can have you any kind of other tips or some of your favorite kind of things that you do not necessarily forest bathing related but like that you think other people might be like oh yeah that's a good idea i can try that as well uh so the teas that i uh, make are all foraged from nature and mm. i don't use any tea bags so that's uh zero waste if you uh yeah I try to shop at Zero Waste shops as well. My friend has an amazing shop, Unpacked in Kildare. Unpacked? <laughs> Unpacked is that, in is that Kildare. Really, oh, I have yeah. heard of that one. Oh, I must yeah. find them. And uh, so I try uh, to go there yeah. as often as I can to just fill up on stuff without any packaging and stuff like that. It's just, it's so much nicer not to have a full bin. Uh, she actually, my friend who owns the shop, she's become like my 
my shopping conscious. Like when I'm in a shop, I always hear her voice. Like, <laughs> do you really need this? Like, yeah. I was in the in the city center last week, and I was like, oh, this is really nice. And I heard her voice, like, do you really need it? And I was like, mm, no, but it's pretty. Yeah. And then I didn't buy it. <laughs> and no regrets. Did you regret that? After? No, no, like, no, 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 no. It was the right thing. But I, I like, or I try to be as eco-friendly as possible not perfect by oh, yeah. far yeah of course but no like worries. we bought a house three years ago now right before covid and we completely retro- retrofitted it oh, um, put in a heat pump got rid of the big oil thing in the garden yeah. i hate using they're really ugly oil. as well they're ugly yeah. and it's just it's expensive and yeah. it's it smells it's horrible so we installed solar panels so we yeah. try <laughs> I try to compost everything uh, that is compostable and I grow my own vegetables. Amazing. So I, I try to live as much like uh, with kind of, nature yeah. and, and try to be conscious of the climate and I'm not perfect at all. But I don't think there is like a perfect no. way no. to live. Like even like I drive an EV and I know even though it's better for your emissions, it's bad because we need the lithium for the battery. And yeah, but yeah. it's like you have to choose between what's bad and what's less bad. You know, it's yeah. it's going with your what what what's the best thing that you can do. Yeah. What's it's like when people are like because I have this conversation with people a lot when it comes to voting politicians in. Like they're all terrible. I'm like, no, I know. <laughs> yeah. So pick the pick the least bad ones. Exactly, you know. It's yeah. like, and you I would that. love like when I lived in the Netherlands, I cycled everywhere. Yes. Yeah. But I I live in the Wicklow Mountains. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing around me to. The, the closest shop is like a 20 minute drive by car. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, you'd have legs of iron. If yeah. So, so that's not really happening. And I hate cycling uphill. So yeah. Yeah. yeah me too. Yeah. Oh, so and there's yeah. no public transport. So I, I need a car. Yeah. But it's just like I try to do my best and I try to tell other people to do that as well. I go litter picking a lot. Which I hope, I always hope that when people see me litter picking that they think, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And then they go out themselves. I'm not sure if that's how I it know, works. yeah, sometimes because I know in America when you see people litter picking, you're like, they're doing community service. <laughs> 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 they're criminals. We're yeah. like, no, over here, we're, all, we're just volunteers, guys. Not to say, but yeah. like they'll think, you know, oh, that's if I'm seen doing that, people will think of me a certain way. It's like, no, no. But I think it is quite inspirational. I know Flossie. Um, from Flossie and the Beach King, she talks a lot about people coming up to her and being like, oh, thanks for doing that, you know, and especially and when it's you see so young easy people. to do. So easy. And like, like in my street, I go litter picking and then a couple of weeks later, I see like, oh yeah, I need to go again. Yeah. Which is horrible <laughs> that, that we yeah. actually need to do that. But I always hope, and I, I think it actually works because I remember when we were litter picking in our street, neighbors walked past and they were like oh yeah you're very good and then I noticed that they when they were walking their dogs they were picking up litter as well ah, yay! so hopefully <laughs> like I'm just going out there like in the forest always before I do my forest bathing walk I go to the forest one or two days in advance just to make sure like the route is is still how it's supposed to be like no trees have fallen yeah. down or stuff like that but I always bring a bag and I pick up the pick rubbish up the litter, yeah and even when I was doing my tour guiding, I remember doing guiding a walk from Bray to Greystones, the cliff walk. Oh, yeah. Oh, such a lovely walk. And yeah. I had um, garbage bags in my backpack 
I actually noticed like, oh yeah, there's some litter lying around here. So I started picking it up. And then the people in my group were like, oh, we want to do that as well. And we just made it one big litter pick. (laughs) (laughs) A big litter picking guided walk. Very great sounds. That's class. So that was really nice. Like they were like, oh, that's so good. Give me a bag and I will pick up something as well. And yeah, by the end, we had a couple of bags full, which on the one hand is horrible. But on the other hand, that they were so... They were so hands-on. Yeah, yeah, that that's was really brilliant. Nice. Yeah. yeah, the ripple effect that we have, I think it just can't be underestimated enough. It's very cool. So I love asking questions about the future. So works out and climate change isn't an issue. What's like one of the things that you can see that you like around you if you put yourself like whatever, 100, 200 years in the future? So what I would love in the future or I'd love to happen right now actually mm-hmm. but I hope people will be a bit more kind to each other and there will be a bit more love because at the moment I feel like the world is a bit divided even when it comes to climate change which yeah. you actually think like that is something we should be united about I, I feel like not really that I'm fighting with people about it but you get the discussion even though there's nothing to discuss we mm-hmm. need to stop this crisis from happening and, and not only with, with the climate, it's like everything at the moment I feel like people are fighting about. And I mean, when you do something that I don't agree with, but it doesn't affect me, why should I call you out about it? Yeah. That is just something that I really don't get. And like when if I want to retrofit my house and I want to put solar panels on my roof, that doesn't affect anyone mm. except the people who are installing it and <laughs> making money out of it. They're not complaining. And I don't really get how people go like, yeah, but, and then they kind of highlight make other, an argument yeah. because then they feel like, oh, it's okay that I'm not doing it because. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I even had that when I moved here. Like I said, okay, I'm I'm immigrating to Ireland and people were kind of picking fights like, yeah, but are you not afraid that you're going to miss your family and... Are you not afraid that you are going to fail and you have to come back? And I was like, well, yeah, then I will come back. What's the problem? What's it to you? So I hope when in the future the world is perfect again. (laughs) You can see, yeah, like you can. People will just be nice to each other again. And maybe. No, I think it like people will be less defensive. Like we're going to be less kind of triggered and kind of like it's because I think a lot of that comes from it's come into my relationships a couple of times just by being vegan. Like people are triggered around me or something you know and like I don't I don't judge but they instantly feel judged but like I'm not doing that it's like a reflection on like like their own inner kind of I don't know what's going on you know and feeling like they need to do what I'm doing so the only way to justify not doing what I'm doing is to belittle me or to not be around me or whatever but like that's exactly what I mean yeah yeah so I think so in the future that's not going to be a thing people will just kind of like will do their best and will accept each other for doing their best yeah and um, that's it. And that's it. That's be and so it's, lovely. It's okay <laughs> not to do everything yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. Like I chose not to have kids. People who have kids can become so angry at me. And I'm like, I'm I'm not judging you. Yeah. I love for people to have kids. I yeah. mean, we, we and need we'll need people. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I, it's not for me. I don't want that for myself. And yeah. people get so mad. I'm like, but it. It has no effect on you whether I do or don't have kids. <laughs> Chill yeah. out. Oh gosh, I know people are so funny. I know it's gas, but that would be a nice thing now in the future to not have that anymore. Exactly. So before we go, Kat, I'm going to ask you some random questions. You can just pick a letter of the alphabet. Uh, let's start with W. 
What would you like the next generation or generations to know? Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I know. These are some of these are real big and broad. <laughs> we don't have a lot of time, so it could be anything at all. <laughs> what would I like the next generations to know? I like people to know that it's okay to do your own thing and that you don't have to do what society or your parents or whoever expect of you to do, but just to make your own way and do what feels good for you that's a lovely thing for them to know and everyone today as well (laughs) (laughs) absolutely would you like to pick another letter uh c what's your favorite vegetable i like this one i have so many i know i can see it in your face you're like like, oh my god (laughs) in my mind i'm just picturing my polytunnel i'm like if i I say this and the other ones will be mad at me (laughs) (laughs) um I want to say, I think it's going to be cucumbers, but it's just because it's so funny to grow them. Oh, really? Last, So not this year, but last year I had a bit of trouble growing cucumbers. My plants all died and I think because I put them out in my tunnel too early and there was a big frost. Oh no, yeah. And then so this year I was like, okay, I'm going to get like the double amount of cucumber plants and then they all sprouted and they all thrived. And I had like a, over a hundred cucumbers. And then I stopped harvesting it. It was just like, no, this is just too many. And I had so many and I didn't know what to do with what them. What did you make? <laughs> so you cannot really make anything with them. So cucumber salad. like oh, I used them in salad. I fed them to my chickens. Uh, I ate a lot of them. I actually uh, juiced them. Wow. So when I came back from my run, I had some <laughs> cucumber juice. And I, then I froze um, the juice. So in, in my freezer, there's wow. still some bottles of Liters cucumber, of cucumber juice, juice. Wow. which isn't necessarily very nice. Mm-hmm. But it is very healthy and it's very refreshing. But I had I counted them. Like, oh, I have 20 today and then 20 again. And I think I had more than 100, maybe even more than 200. I don't know. Wow. I had so many. And I was like, okay, next year I'm not doing cucumbers yeah. again. But it's just, <laughs> You're I that. still like them. They're, they're very funny because yeah. there were so many. They were like, them. they were just taking a stand to be like, oh, do you remember last year we didn't work out? Well, now this is the year to shine, boys. And yeah. Just like, too, like overflowing. That's so funny to imagine. Yeah. That is hilarious. On that funny note, Kat, I mean, I'm going to leave it there because... My God, we've been chatting for over an hour already and it's absolutely, I could ch- chat to you for so much longer. Um, is there anything else you would like to say to listeners or be happy to leave it? It's up to yourself. Just remember that you are a part of nature, that nature is always very close. Even though you live in a city, there's always like a park or a line of trees or a patch of grass around you. And just try to enjoy it. And yeah. Yeah. Don't worry too much. <laughs> Easier said than done, but if you spend more time in nature, it actually really helps. Like the more time you spend in nature, the worries do get smaller. Don't even That's know why. True. And we don't have to know why. Just enjoy exactly. it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you for having me. Now, hopefully you guys were able to take a leaf out of Kat's book and perhaps try forest bathing a little bit more, spending more time in nature. 
I really enjoyed this this chat, especially that it was in person. It's a shame that I didn't get the audio quite right, but I hope it wasn't too distracting for you. It is, you know what I mean? It's like a vinyl record. But that's it. That's the end of the season officially. I will try release a bonus episode, but typically what happens, this is, so 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, I did about 20 episodes and then took a break for about three months. What I'm actually going to be doing is going traveling now. I'm actually going to Southeast Asia for a couple of weeks and then when I come back I'll be going to mainland Europe somewhere Um, haven't got a job yet don't know what I'm doing or where I'm going but that is currently my not plan plan my unplanned plan <laughs> so um, I hope to continue the podcast it does take a lot of work and time um, but I, it is something that I really do enjoy and I'm so grateful if anyone follows me on Instagram you would have seen that the post I made and kind of uh, rounding off the year the year is never perfect for people and people have a lot of struggles that they go through personally let alone with the crisis the climate crisis looming over us and then you've got housing crisis and all these super fun crises but obviously I don't talk about like what goes on personally so when you do look at Instagram and you see people having like the best years like don't forget that there's a whole that's the tip of the iceberg scene and there's a whole mountain of like trauma or rows or you know financial issues or whatever health problems that people just don't share on social media so do be mindful if you're looking at everyone's round of roundup of the year um, and feeling that yours is inadequate or anything like that I don't share those things uh, like so if anyone saw on my Instagram that I had a, a wonderful year it, it is true for Book of Leaves I had the best year ever Um, people who've been listening to this podcast or who I've met through it were have started like reaching out to me to ask to MC events or uh, panel discussions or host a podcasting workshop and I can't thank all those people enough I can't thank everyone who's like reached out to me to help to help me do some paid work in this field which I absolutely love doing and it has just helped me you know pay the bills a little bit more and everyone like as much as I hate capitalism we're all kind of like stuck in that system right now where I need to do things that make that earn me money and when I'm able to say no to work that I'm just doing to pay the bills and say yes to work that really means a lot to me um that's involved with climate or the arts oh my god it's an absolute dream come true so I can thank all the people who've reached out to me and asked me to work with their events you know who you are I mentioned most of you in the show notes in the show notes in my Instagram post and who recommended me even to other people like just thank you so so much um so that's one way you can help you can hire me <laughs> I can do podcast workshops um and MC host of and stuff like that absolutely love doing all that kind of lark um, and thank you so much for listening to everyone who's who's tuned into the podcast for the first time this year or who's been here from 2019 I appreciate you so so much thank you for uh, anyone who has supported on buy me a coffee or my continued supporters on Patreon it really means a lot to know that I just have a little a little egg getting a little bit bigger with that support from Buy Me Coffee and Patreon so that if I ever need um, to rent a studio a well working studio that I can like do that that I just have that kind of um sitting there collecting funds for for perhaps upgrading microphone equipment and whatnot so yeah thank you so much for the people who have been supporting there I really appreciate it and look here that's it just feel my I hope you feel my gratitude I won't keep you here saying like saying thank you for another five minutes but yeah I just hope you can hear and you can feel my thank you um I'm gonna miss 
doing this for a couple of months but I'm also really looking forward to the break not gonna lie and yeah you'll find me on Instagram still posting there on book of Lee's podcast and any questions any suggestions for the next season topics interviewees or if you yourself want to be interviewed please do get in touch um and you never know sure I might release a bonus episode before March or April okay for now I'm signing off thank you guys so much for listening again I hope you had a lovely Christmas as lovely as it could be and I'm wishing you the very best for 2023 and I will be talking to you soon thanks so much bye